0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Duck's Dish podcast I'm your host, Max Torres, coming to you with another jam-packed episode of your go-to Oregon Ducks podcast. We are rocking and rolling. It is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. And we got some recruiting news to talk about today, folks. Um, but before we get into the main story of the day, uh, just wanted to give everyone a reminder. If you are tuned in here live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Torres go ahead and smash the like and subscribe button and uh, also hop into the live chat, leave a comment, throw a question in my way, and I will do my best to uh, I'll do my best to answer it. Um, but just want to keep engaging with you guys. And we have plenty to talk about here with uh, the start of the 2022 season, getting closer literally by the day and things keep heating up for Dan landing and the Oregon ducks on their recruiting trail. Uh, So with all that being said, let's hop into it and get into today's video. That is 2022 Visalia, California, edge rusher. Jaden Moore has announced his commitment to the Oregon Ducks. Big news coming for Dan Lenny and the Ducks as Moore chose the Ducks over fellow finalists like Cal, Washington. Uh, You also had Boise State in the picture, Arizona as well. Mainly a Pac 12 heavy recruitment, but there was a, a little bit of a late push, if you will, not only by Oregon, of course, but Notre Dame. Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, they got, they tried to get in the picture late here with a scholarship offer just a few uh, days ago. So um, clearly too much ground to work, uh, ground to make up, rather, for Notre Dame. But uh, another big get for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Jaden Moore's commitment. Um, Let's just go and give a little bit of background on um, on Moore and kind of what the Ducks are getting here in their latest commit. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Uh, you can see here that Jaden Moore is rated a three-star prospect on the 247 Sports Composite Rating System uh, at .8750. That same rating system ranks him as the number 620 overall recruit nationally in the recruiting class of 2023 the number 53 edge rusher and the number 48 prospect in the entire state of California. And man, that is a talent rich state that the ducks are hitting hard here in the 23 class. Uh, You see some of the other offers that are on the table here, Arizona, Cal Washington, Boise state 17 total offers for uh, more according to his two four seven sports profile. So not a ton of big schools, Um, but obviously Notre Dame, anytime they come on, you had a little bit of big 10 flavor in there with Michigan state, but primarily a West coast recruitment and man, it is one that Oregon is glad that they won. Uh, just taking a step back real quick and talking about Oregon's 2023 recruiting class. Now they have now landed five commitments here in the month of August, You have Jerry Mixon Jr. uh, being one of the recent commitments. That's the linebacker out of San Francisco, California, Sacred Heart Cathedral. You also had Kenyon Sadiq. That was the most recent commitment for Oregon prior to landing more here on Wednesday, Wednesday, You'll remember that Kenyon Sadiq is an athlete, and it looks like he's probably going to be playing some tight end for Oregon. Really good get for the Ducks, seeing that they looked like the front runners for Riley Williams. And we all know how that story unfolded after he transferred from Central Catholic all the way out east to IMG Academy. So, those are a couple of the guys that they've been able to get. Uh, you also had Terrence Green, the talented defensive lineman out of the Lone Star State of Texas. Michael Gardner, uh, another one that I think people are really going to like. Uh, I remember I was looking through my uh, Twitter feed the other day and uh, someone out in the Arizona area was talking about being at Michael's practice and, and again, it had just started and he was throwing guys around left and right like it was nothing. So definitely tons of excitement around this Oregon recruiting class in 2023 and we're seeing a ton of action on the defensive side of the ball which I think is to be expected, right? Seeing that Dan Lanning is a defensive-minded coach and a lot of the heavy hitters for Oregon are on the defensive staff. Um, so where, where was I going with this? I'm just going to be outright, guys. I've been having a weird day, uh, and I did not really prep for this podcast, so it is completely off the dome, and uh, we're just rocking and rolling. I knew this was a big story uh, once it broke, so I just wanted to hop on here give you guys my thoughts and uh, get some of your thoughts on Oregon's latest commit and kind of how the Ducks are doing here in the 2023 recruiting class. Um, So we're going to keep talking about kind of what the Ducks are getting here with Jaden Moore and then kind of zoom out and just talk some more thoughts on Oregon, the recruiting trail, football season, whatever it is. But we'll go ahead and roll the tape here on Jaden Moore, who plays at Central Valley Christian High School in Visalia, California. You see there, Right off the top, he just has a forced fumble in, in that game, and uh, he's really kind of like a, like a firecracker on the defense, just really explosive, quick twitch guy, uh, has an awesome first step. You see how quickly he gets off the ball there, is able to to fight with his hands through guys and, and shed blockers, um, and he's someone to be excited about, absolutely. I think that if you're Oregon, if, we, if you're – uh, Tosh LePoy and Dan Landing, you're looking at your roster right now and you have some holes to fill, right? The biggest one in, this year in, in 2022 is, is probably going to be edge rusher because the Ducks lose Kayvon Thibodeau and then looking on the roster for this upcoming season, you're still looking for that next pass rusher to see who's going to emerge, who's going to fill Kayvon Thibodeau's shoes But I'm kind of of the opinion that you don't need just one guy to step up and fill those shoes. You need multiple players that can show that they're capable of getting after the quarterback and doing so on a consistent basis because Oregon's pass rush struggled big time last year. And uh, that was a, a big reason that some of their far inferior opponents were ultimately able to stick around in some of these games. Um, and, and Jaden Moore, even though he's rated a three-star prospect, you know, highlight after highlight here, you see him getting into the backfield, getting after the quarterback 17 and a half sacks for Moore as a junior in 2021. Uh, you see there that this dude is just all over the field. He's listed at, I believe, six, three, six, four, um, um, 220, 230 pounds in that range. So he definitely already has that frame that you're kind of looking for. Maybe you want to see him add, you know, maybe 10 or 15 more pounds once he gets to college, once he arrives in Eugene. But um, I think that you you really see all the athletic upside here when we're looking at the tape for more. You see him outrun the quarterback there to, to chase down that fumble. Uh, just a really, really fast guy. Um, you know, see him playing off the edge here, standing up, putting his uh, hand in the dirt as well. He can just do a little bit of everything. Um, And it's clear just by watching the tape that, that he is really kind of what makes this defense go Uh, quarterback just has no time there on the film to, to get out of the, to get out of the pocket. I believe the numbers were 68 solo tackles for Jaden Moore, but total tackles 155. This dude is just all over the field. He gets his, he has a nose for the ball. Like I said, three forced fumbles, uh, I also saw another highlight uh, in his commitment video where he was blocking a field goal or a, a kick of some sort. Uh, so he's just in there to mess things up. And then right as I talk about it, there's the there's the highlight that I was referencing uh, from from uh, Moore's commitment. So I think there's just a lot of good things to that you see here on the tape. Uh, for for Oregon, I think even though he may not be the the flashy prospect with with all the big time offers with SEC Big Ten offers, um, I think that he fills a need for Oregon. And also, I, right as Andrew's right on time with that comment, just because the Ducks are getting some you know three and four star guys, that doesn't mean that they're not still going to be swinging for the fences with some of these bigger guys here in the 2023 class, the more highly rated guys. Like Mateo Uyunglele, like Samuel and Pemba at IMG Academy. Don't forget David Hicks uh, out there in Texas. Uh, he's a big name that you have to watch as well. So I don't think that it should be a concern if anyone even wanted to call it that that Oregon's taking maybe some of these lower-rated guys here uh, in their 2023 class. They're still going to be chasing those guys that that are those five stars that tend to draw out their recruitments kind of down to the uh, you know the the, the finish line if you will uh those guys like to take a lot of their official visits in the fall um maybe even sometimes in the winter uh and as we've seen the ducks just got um the ducks just got josh connerly in 2022 look at how late he pushed his recruitment out to. i think that was an april commitment for oregon so it's really not over until you sign on the dotted line and even when they're telling you you need to sign on the dotted line people still uh have more time um so those are kind of some of my early thoughts there on uh, on Oregon's newest commitment, Jaden Moore. But uh, man, you guys are showing out in the comments. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and see if we can get some of these up here on the on the screen. Uh, Mikey G says, "Is it my birthday? Five live streams in one day? Let's go!" Uh, I know that. Um, Yeah, Ryan's doing a marathon today. He's been out there on the coast uh, interviewing a a bunch of Oregon market people. So always got to give a shout out to Ryan Winter, my guy, Sports Chat 503. He does an awesome job and he always likes to bring the energy. Remedy says, hope you're doing good, Max. Appreciate you doing these lives. I appreciate you tuning into the lives. Uh, These are a bunch of fun. And uh, I'm also going to say today is also a good day, not only because Oregon got a commitment, but... Uh, let's just say I dropped maybe an embarrassing amount of money on a standing desk and it wasn't working for like the past three or four days. And, uh, lo and behold, uh, Amazon customer support was kind of guiding me through some of the, uh, some of the repair techniques, troubleshooting, if you will. And my, uh, my roommate was the one that was able to ultimately get it to work. So, uh, I doubt he's gonna be watching this. Maybe he'll watch it. Shout out no one. He might be able to hear me. He's, he's working from home right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely been a good day so far. Uh Remedy, appreciate the comment. <laughs> Jaden Moore, all the Moors in Eugene. Jaden Moore is now the second Moore in Oregon's 2023 class. Uh you know, with uh with Dante Moore uh jumping into the fold earlier in the cycle, and I think that I, I really like how this Oregon class is coming together uh, if you're looking at things in in the big picture, right? Um let's see if I can get the class Back up here on my screen. Give me a second here. All right. So we got this. All right. So we have Oregon's 2023 recruiting class ranked 14th in the country by 247 Sports. That's the system that I like to use. Dante Moore and Jurion Dickey are the headliners. Jurion Dickey, also, uh, that's some recent news, is um, he's he transferred to Menlo Atherton for his final senior season of high school uh there was a lot of chatter uh and some reports that he was going to be transferring to modern day for his senior season uh i did have some sources tell me that but that ultimately ended up not being the case so he's going to be playing for troy frank the same school as troy franklin uh when he was coming out of high school um so that's gonna we're gonna have to see uh maybe i'll make it out to the bay area go home to uh see jurion dickey live uh playing for menlo atherton uh, Eric has a question here. Is there any way we finish top ten, or are we realistically looking at twelve to fifteen? Yeah, I think that there's there's a way that you can finish in the the top ten for for Oregon. I think that they definitely they definitely need to get some of these offensive linemen that they're going after. That's obviously been the the recent struggle. I know that I saw someone commenting that on on one of my recent tweets uh, after Jaden Moore's commitment, but. We'll see if they can get some of these guys in the fold uh, along their offensive line, but there's still a number of guys that they're going after, big-time prospects on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Mateo Iungle, I think they're going to be in that one until the very end. Uh, USC, Ohio State, definitely some big schools. Clemson as well that you need to watch uh, in in that one. Um, But let me see some of the other guys that they're going to be going after. Uh, I know Roderick Pleasant is, is another big time prospect that they're going after in, in 2023. He's a top cornerback in the country. Uh, he's at uh, Gardena, uh, Jenimborough, Sarah. So um, I'm hopefully going to be able to go uh, see him uh, in person, maybe in the coming weeks here. I was at Long Beach Poly a couple days ago, and uh, I actually spoke with 2023 LSU cornerback commit, Dalen Austin. He told me that he's planning four official visits for the fall has already taken an official visit to Michigan State, but he's listed Oregon as one of the schools that he wants to make it out to uh, for his official visit. Um, Still strong with his commitment to LSU, um, but Oregon's still in the running there, and um, he and Dalen Austin's one of the top cornerbacks in the country. I believe he's in the top 15. So I think he's someone that the Ducks are still going to be pursuing, and uh, he definitely has some star power to his name. Roger Pleasant is another one. Um, I think that Oregon's still trying to see if they can get a second back in 2023. Uh, I said on one of my previous shows that I think they are still looking into Roderick Robinson, uh, the 2023 UCLA commit out of San Diego Lincoln. That of course, where the ducks found Jaleel Tucker, Jaleel Florence, a pair of 2022 defensive backs, uh, and Jaleel Florence wasted no time leaving an impression, you know, leaving his mark on that, on that Oregon team where he got an interception in the spring game. So those are some guys, um, we could also see them go after, you know, some, some prospects that are already committed to other schools. I don't think that would be a, a big surprise either. Right. We, we saw that, uh, that they got, um, Ashton Cozart when he was committed to Oklahoma. So he, um, he flipped, uh, from the Sooners. And I just feel like, even though, they're missing along the offensive line a little bit. I think that they're still going to be able to apply the full court press. We know there's reason to have faith in this offensive line recruiting staff. Um, you know, obviously Adrian Clem got Josh Connerly, Dave Yuley, Kavika Rogers, uh, and you also have Vianne talamay Vow on that Oregon offensive line staff. And, and every time I talk to an offensive line recruit, they always rave about Adrian Clem, about Coach V. So I think that it takes some time. But luckily for Oregon, I wouldn't say that I'm not going to say that they're super deep along the offensive line past this year, because there's a lot of guys that just haven't played that many snaps. But uh, I talked about it in a recent show uh, about how they still have Jackson Powers Johnson. They have Marcus Harper. Uh, we talked about Connerly, Dave Uley, um, Faope Lalolu. Uh, so they have some guys. I, th- I think that it's still realistic that Oregon can finish top 10. They still they have to start hitting on some of these offensive linemen. Uh, but as the season goes, I think that some of these top-tier guys that they're going after are, are probably going to be making it back out to campus, back out to Eugene for a game. Um, that's another thing that I think you have to consider. So many of these guys that have been coming in for visits, even in the past couple of months, they haven't been able to see that Autzen atmosphere unless you came for the spring game. But if Oregon can get rocking and rolling, get a lot of steam on their recruiting trail, and then get Autzen rocking – If you guys show up, you know, the fans show up and get the stadium going crazy, that atmosphere sells itself. And you saw that it was kind of one of the biggest reasons that Kayvon Thibodeau uh, chose to commit to Oregon when he did back in the 2019 class. But uh, I think another thing that is interesting just kind of about this Oregon class right now is it really feels like there's a lot of quality per commit, right? I think that's one of the big metrics that you want to look at. We have all of the uh, rankings here pulled up right now, the 2023 from top to bottom uh, Alabama leading the way at the number one spot with 20 commits, four or five stars, more than any school uh, in the country right now, um, averaging 94.26 rating per commitment, closing in on 300 points. We'll see if they get there. Notre Dame with 23 commitments at the number two spot, Texas, Ohio state, and Georgia round out the top five. But look at this number for Oregon, 91.13. I think that's an awesome number. Uh, they only have 16 commits right now, which looks like it is the fewest commitments in the top 15 at only 16. So I think that says a lot that they're not just taking guys, uh, you know, to take guys. Um, I think that they're taking guys that they're capable, they're confident are going to be able to contribute um, early. Um yeah, just like this comment, uh, give me the grinders. I'll take a three-star with a five-star work ethic over the opposite. So that's kind of the point that I'm getting at, you know, 91.13 is, is well above a four-star average. If we're looking at around uh, 90 as, um, the, you know, kind of uh, basis for a four-star kind of guy. Sometimes you'll see the 89 guys, uh, get a little bit of a bump into four-star status, but that's something I really like here. And then um, Oregon's also still just one spot behind USC. USC just recently got the commitment of Alani Noah, uh, the 2023 Northern California offensive lineman. That was yesterday. That was one of the big stories in the Pac 12 recruiting scene. So Oregon keeps getting these guys and, and they're still chipping away right on USC's heels. Um, but they're gonna keep going against them in, in some of these big recruiting battles. Just to kind of zoom out here and look at the rest of the top twenty-five, you have another Pac-12 school in there with, with Washington at number twenty-three. They seem like they've cooled off after going on a really, really uh, big run um, later. Uh, sorry, earlier in, in the summer, I believe that was kind of you know in July. They they were just absolutely tearing it up. So there were a lot of guys that were hopping on board. Um, But Oregon's right there. I I think that it's going to be a very real competition to see who can get the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12 this year, now that Lincoln Riley is down there in Los Angeles at USC. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the Duck's Dish podcast. For those of you listening on the audio platform, on the podcasting platform, don't go anywhere. we got more Oregon football and recruiting talk for you after this.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. We're live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. We got some folks here in the live chat. Going to see if I can get. Uh, on to some more questions and comments that are here in the live chat. Always a great place to turn to, to see where you guys want to take the show. But before I get back to the comments, I uh, wanted to say thanks to you guys for tuning in. If you guys are here tuned in on the live show, a uh, favor to ask you smash the like button and smash the subscribe button, and then go ahead and share the show. Uh, we're just trying to grow the Duck Dish community. And as you can see, it's a pretty strong one here uh, in this live stream. So, we're having a bunch of fun and we're just seeing what people have to say. Um, so let's see what else we have. We just have some more hype comments. We have the Slayer. He's a regular here. Just saying, oh, uh, and then we have Eric saying yellow. Um, let's see. Um so Andrew's asking, uh, Max, any idea when Fano plans on committing the Ducks need some offensive line beef? Yeah, I think that Spencer Fano is, is probably one of those guys that I think I'm feeling pretty confident about when it comes to Oregon uh, and their offensive line pursuits. Um, I also thought that uh, you know Oregon was in, I think Oregon's in a pretty good spot with Bryce Bolton. He's uh, an interior guy that, um, that people don't know too much about, but he's kind of an up-and-comer on the recruiting trail. Um, But Spencer Fano, I I don't know when he plans on committing. He kind of strikes me as someone who wants to take their visits. Um, He's already gone out to the University of Utah, I believe. I haven't talked to him in a while um, just to kind of see where his head's at, where things are at with his recruitment. Um, But he's definitely, the thing that's so interesting about Spencer Fano is that he's honestly a pretty slight frame uh, for an offensive lineman. Uh, I'm looking him up right now. And he's listed at 6'5", 270. So I think that when he gets to college, whatever school he goes to is going to definitely want to get him in the weight room. But I think that he moves really well. He's a really athletic for an offensive lineman. He's getting tested in the trenches for sure. Uh, Utah is known for producing, you know, elite defensive, offensive line talent. Uh, That's of course where the ducks found the Sewell brothers. Uh, So there's some big time offensive linemen um, and, linebackers as well out in the state of Utah. So I don't believe that Spencer Fano has uh, announced anything as far as when he plans on committing. I'm doing a little bit of research here um, on the, on the fly. So let me see if I can, uh, if I can find anything else. Uh, Spencer Fano also went out to USC in June, as well as UCLA. Um, That Utah visit I was talking about in the summer that was his first official visit. So Spencer Fano is, is kicking the official visits off with a trip to Salt Lake city to see the Utes that came back in June. Uh, I believe he's also looking at the Michigan schools, both Michigan and Michigan state uh, have received visits, but this is someone that I think Oregon has been recruiting for a while. He was someone that I was pretty familiar with uh, when the new, um, when the new staff, sorry, the old staff was uh, at Oregon. I'll remember I first, the first time I, I got to know about Spencer, I think the first time I talked to him was after the Saturday Night Live camp last year in Eugene, because he was, wasn't even a junior yet at, at that time. He was a rising junior, and he was out there competing with a lot of the best defensive linemen, you know, edge rushers that were at that camp. Spencer Fano was holding his own against Cyrus Moss, who, as we know, was a major target for Oregon in the 2022 recruiting class. I firmly believe that he would have gone to Oregon if Mario Cristobal stayed, but of course that wasn't the reality, and he's now at Miami, Um, so no updated timeline there for Spencer Fano, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets back out there uh, on the recruiting trail to take some visits once the season gets underway. Let's see here. Gerard says, I predict by next season, Max will be standing at his desk and walking on a treadmill to get his steps in during these podcasts. That's a really good point, Gerard. Really good idea. Um, I'm not sure if I have the funds to get a treadmill right now, but my desk uh, does adjust quite a bit. Uh, I wanted to do this podcast standing up, but um, I think the lighting just didn't really work out and, and I have my fan above me. Uh, So that, that didn't, um, that didn't end up happening. Um, Let's see, just looking in the comments, some more here. Um, Ooh, okay. Good question from Eric about, uh, you know, some more team focus. Uh, Are Hudson and seven going to be sharing reps in the slot? Uh, This of course, in Kenny Dillingham's offense, this upcoming season, I think that, Hudson has proven himself to be a capable contributor from the slot. He's kind of the, I feel like he was one of the go to guys in the slot last year. But seven, we just haven't really seen him get that many game reps. Um, he did play some receiver at the end of last season, right? When, when there were some injuries and some depth issues. Micah Pittman transferred. Johnny Johnson got hurt. So the Ducks kind of had to shuffle some guys around. I think that that would be a really good idea for, um, for the Ducks this upcoming season, if they were to have those two guys uh, sharing reps in the slot, because I think that a lot of their other recruits, sorry, a lot of their other players at wide receiver are going to be moving around a little bit, but they're also a lot taller. Um, I feel like seven and and, uh, Chris Hudson are a little bit on the shorter side, just for Oregon's wide receivers that have so much length. Now Um, Oregon's wide receivers are, just bolstered by guys that that are some of the tallest receivers that Oregon's had in a while. This might be the tallest wide receiver core that Oregon's had in a while. Um, you know, I have Caleb Chapman, Chase Coda, Dante Thornton, uh, Kyler Casper. You know, all those guys are in the neighborhood of 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so I think that they're going get, to be getting moved around uh, all the time this next year. I don't really know what that wide receiver rotation is going to look like. I think if I had to guess right now, I would say it's kind of just across the board if we're doing like four wideouts, uh, I'm going to say Dante Thornton, uh, I'm going to say Chase Coda, uh, Chris Hudson, and um, maybe Troy Franklin as well. I don't know. I think we're going to have to see kind of um, how that one goes. Um, as the season gets going. Well, what do you guys think? Who do you want to see as your starting wide receiver rotation for Oregon? Uh, trying to get to, um, let's see, and uh, kind of just see how things look um, once the season gets underway. You know, once we see that rotation uh, in the opening game against Georgia. All right, let's see here. Oh, there's Ryan. Ryan hopping in the chat to say, Go Ducks. What's up, Ryan? Uh, not sure if you're still here, but uh appreciate the comment, man. Um, definitely keep up the good work. Um, Mikey G says, Ryan is like flow on the field right now. He's everywhere. Um, the Slayer saying, man, this 23 class is looking incredible. That reminds me, I wanted to kind of get back to Oregon's 2023 class overall and, and just look at kind of how they're, addressing some of their needs and, and talk about just the, the overall haul that Dan landing and the ducks have here in 2023. Um, so you have, you have Dante Moore as a headliner. You need to have a quarterback in your 2023 class. Right. Um, I think that that was such a big commitment for Oregon to get, because this is a new coaching staff. You have Dan Lanning who's a defensive head coach. You have Kenny Dillingham, who was such a young quarter uh, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator Um, I think that a lot of this is not super surprising what we're seeing on the recruiting trail, because it's kind of some of that domino effect that uh, we were maybe expecting after Dante Moore announced his commitment to Oregon. But a lot of these commitments are coming on the defensive side of the ball. So Kenyon Sadiq is the only guy that you can really say is maybe part of that offensive domino effect. Now we want to see some offensive linemen hop into the fold here, but Dante Moore is a great headliner there. Uh, SIL American named him their number one overall recruit in the 2023 recruiting rankings. Uh, In the SI 99, and then you have Jurion Dickey, uh, five star wide receiver, number two wide out in the country, behind only Zachariah Branch. Um, so really big for Oregon to keep adding more offensive weapons. I feel like this is one of this has the potential to be one of the most loaded wide receiver cores for Oregon that they've seen in a while, but uh, now they you know it's like that meme, right? Uh, it's, it's like that Kobe that Kobe, uh, uh, rest in peace, that Kobe video where he's, you know, just talking about motivation. He's like more. Uh, so you can never have too many big time players. Uh, then you have Caleb Presley, who, who's a top cornerback, uh, number 12 cornerback in the country, Ashton Kozart, Cole Martin. Cole Martin, I think is, he's the one who started this entire class, right? With that new, that new year's commitment. Um, really like what he brings to the field uh, as a defensive back at Basha in Chandler, Arizona, electric guy in the return game as well. Um, So we're seeing the secondary is, is pretty full at this point. I would think that, that Roger Pleasant, maybe Dalen Austin are some of the only guys that would maybe uh, join the, the 2023 class. You also have Cody DeCambra, the Bishop Gorman safety, Tyler Turner, the former Baylor commit really like uh, just the, the length, the ball skills, the versatility that the ducks have recruited here in their 2023 recruiting class. And then they're they're beefing up in the trenches, at least on the defensive side of the ball right now, right? Tevita Pome was the first defensive lineman to hop into the fold. Um, I know the staff really likes him. And, uh, you know, 6'3", 315, that dude is in really good shape. So not a lot of bad weight, if any bad weight, uh, you know, on his body. Someone that they could maybe see getting a little bit involved early as a freshman because he has that college-ready frame at 6'3", already 300-plus pounds. Michael Gardner, who I already talked about earlier this episode, Tatum Tuioti, um, like like what he kind of presents at, at edge Rusher, and Colin Gill out of the D.C. area, Jerry Mixon, super explosive linebacker, so things are definitely coming together on the defensive side of the ball for, for Oregon. Now they really have to shore up that offensive line, and then you're feeling like you're looking like a pretty good haul there overall as a class. Um, I think we did see... Um, we 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 did get a super chat here from from Eric. Uh, thank you for the donation, Eric. Uh, he said, "Max's treadmill fund." Quack quack. Um, always nice to always nice to get the super chats from you guys. Really appreciate the support. So we're gonna keep rolling through here. Um, let's see what else we got. Looking through the comments. Um, let's see. (laughs) Andrew said, time to get Max a Phil Knight NIL package. Um, okay. Here's another question about, uh, Oregon football for the 2022. Another question, where is Bridges going to play this season? I know he's trained up on both cornerback and safety. I think right now it looks like he's probably going to be playing safety for the ducks in 2022, even though he did get a lot of reps at cornerback. Uh, This past year, I think that the staff probably sees him playing a little bit more in his, uh, you know, his original position as a safety. Um, I know that they really like the position versatility that a lot of these defensive backs have. So they really kind of want to throw them all over the place. But maybe TriQuiz Bridges starts at safety and then we see him kind of come in as a as a cornerback against maybe some of the bigger uh, wide receivers or tight ends that Oregon is going to face. Stanford is always a team that comes to mind there, right? Brian Addison is another guy that I'm going to be interested to see what kind of a role he has this season, seeing that both he and Triquez are some of the lengthier players in that secondary. Dominic Dalton, the Hawaii safety transfer, is, is another guy that has a lot of length uh, in the secondary. So kind of interesting to kind of peel the layers back and, and see why the Oregon staff kind of what their vision is and maybe why they wanted to add some of these guys. But like I said earlier, I know that the the length and the playmaking is something that they're really excited about with some of these newer guys coming in. I think for the cornerback depth, you have Christian Gonzalez there, obviously uh, Dante Manning is someone that they're looking to get a, a big leap out of, but then I'm going to be curious, Andrew and everyone else who's here in the live chat, where do we think or who do we think of the true freshmen could maybe play this season? um, in their first year. I know that, uh, I saw a tweet the other day, uh, Jaworski Beckham, Oregon speed, uh, strength or speed, uh, coordinator. He, he tweeted about, um, he, he tweeted, you know, the, the GPS speeds of a lot of these Oregon players. And, uh, the, the, one of the most recent ones that he tweeted was, um, was Kamari Terrell, the, the true freshman defensive back out of Texas. And I think this is the fastest time uh, that we've seen reported so far uh, throughout fall camp, 23.4 miles per hour. Uh, another guy who has a track background. Um, I believe uh, Kamari and both of the Jalils all have a track background. Uh, don't even, don't forget about Harrison Taggart, Devin Jackson. Both of those guys also have a uh, track background and, just bring a lot of speed to the table. So um, maybe we'll see one of the Jalil's get some playing times, a true freshman. I saw Jalil Tucker. He was listed uh, at 165 pounds. So he's definitely on the lighter side. He he's a, a more recent enrollee for Oregon in the summer. Um, but uh, I think that you also have Avante Dickerson and, and Darren Barkins there at corner. Um, so they have some options, but I think early on in the season or maybe, and more so in the BYU or uh, Eastern games, we're going to see them maybe cycle in some of these younger guys just to see how they do with the speed of the game because you don't really want to be testing guys out in the Georgia game when the season starts here in a couple weeks on the biggest stage you're set to play on in the entire season. Maybe they end up doing that, but whether we're talking cornerback, whether we're talking safety, defensive back is one of the hardest positions to play at early, there's just so much to process. you got to be able to trust your teammates, know where your help is at in coverages, understand coverages, understand tendencies. Um, I feel like you have to study um, study the playbook and study film a different way. Um, so I' I'm, I'm, this is the biggest question mark for me is uh, is Oregon secondary? Not that there's not talented guys there, but there's just so much that they still have to figure out. Bennett Williams, Steve Stevens, Jamal Hill are some of those returners that I think you feel good about. Uh, Steve Stevens was banged up a little bit last year, and then Bennett Williams obviously missed a lot of the season after he had that season-ending injury up until the Stanford game. Um, so maybe we'll see Jamal Hill take that step forward this year. I think that he's definitely poised to do that, and, and they've been speaking very highly of him uh, so far in, in fall camp. Um Frosty Dog Gaming with a very accurate uh, comment here. Landing in the coaching staff said the best player will play even if the best player is a freshman. And that was another quote that I really liked from Landing in the fall camp. Not so much about that, but just about physicality and how the young guys are handling the physicality in fall camp, seeing that the Ducks held their first scrimmage of fall camp last weekend. Uh, they were saying, you know, if you'll bite as a pup, you'll bite as a dog. If you're going to be a physical player, then you're going to be a physical player. It's not really something you can teach. You can try to encourage it. But at the end of the day, this you have guys that are either dogs or they're not. Maybe they can, um, you know, hone in a couple aspects. Um, maybe they can hone in a couple aspects of their game. Um, but ultimately, you just have to have those guys that are, are ready to contribute and ready to get after it once they get uh, to Eugene. Uh, let's see here uh, another comment from Gerard speaking of Oregon DBs Ugo Amati was traded to the Eagles today from what I heard the Eagles need DB so it will likely equal more playing time for Ugo yeah Ugo Amati spent um, spent I think he spent all of his career so far on the Seahawks so it was definitely you know an easy player to root for for a lot of locals in the Pacific Northwest um, and I really liked what I saw from Ugo in Seattle. I thought he had some big plays. Uh, definitely found a, a role as a special teamer. Um, but I think that the Eagles are a really intriguing team. They obviously got Jordan Davis. Um, you know, one of my uh, one of my high school football coaches. Uh, you know, connections out there. Uh, he's a huge Eagles fan. So I've been trying to you know look at the Eagles a little bit to uh, see what they have brewing for this year. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else we have here just before we wind down to Slayer saying, I think our front seven will relieve some pressure off of our DBs. I can see a lot of disruption in the backfield from our linebackers. That's a great point. Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, Jackson LaDuke, Keith Brown. I think those are all guys that are capable of getting up in there and getting after the quarterback, blowing up the line of scrimmage. Um, and that that's going to go a long way. I, and you also have Brandon Dorless, who's been called the alpha of the Oregon defense, uh, the, this off season, uh, and this fall camp more recently by, a defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, uh, Tony Tuioti, he called him the alpha of the defense. And, and he was talking about how Tuioti is just having so much more fun coaching, uh, here in the fall because he has a lot of his guys back, right? He has Dorless. Popo, Keon, they're all back and healthy in fall camp from what we've been told. And then you have new pieces that you're getting, uh, you know, integrated into the depth chart with, with Taki coming over from Washington. He was there in the spring, Jordan Riley and Casey Rogers come over from Nebraska. So I think that this is really setting up well for Oregon to be able to get a good push at the line of scrimmage, lots of new people uh, in the mix here. So you got to new faces. You got to see how they, how they, um, you know, really accumulate to this defense, but you also have Mace Funa coming back, Braden Swinson coming back, Trevin Maya was saying that, you know, he wants to get after the quarterback this year, a guy who's completely transformed his body. Um, so there's plenty of reason for excitement, plenty of guys that Oregon is going to be able to lean on, but is also going to need to take some pretty big steps uh, this upcoming year. Um I think that Oregon's defense with a lot of veteran returning production, it's still a new defense. They're going to have to learn new concepts, new tendencies, new pressures, new coverages, you name it. Um, Oregon's defense has had to adjust to quite a bit here in the last three to four years with all the defensive coordinators that are cycling through here. Right. Andy Avalos was, was there uh, in 2019 and 2020 when they had uh, some of the best defenses that they've you know had recently more so in 2019, when they made that Rose bowl, uh, championship run and won the pack. Um, but then you also had Tim Deruder come in. And then now you have uh, Tosh LePoy and um, Matt Palage, the co-defensive coordinator, then Dan Lane, of course. So there's plenty of guys uh, that they're going to need to learn from here as they get uh, their bearings for the 2022 season. But that'll do it for us on this episode of the Duck's Dish podcast. Big commitment for Oregon today with 2023 edge rusher Jaden Moore joining the flock. Uh, as Oregon's 2023 recruiting class continues to ascend here in 2023 uh, up the rankings right on USC's heels. But I'm going to get out of here, guys. If you can do me a, a favor, smash the like button, smash the subscribe button and share the Ducks Dish podcast. Share the YouTube channel with your friends, family and other Duck fans. But that'll do it for us here on this episode. And we will see you guys in the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.